today is Tuesday, May 12th, uh, 2015, and this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group. And tonight we're discussing Ian McEwan's uh, book, uh, The Children's Act. I'm going to just tell you a little information about Ian McEwan, and um, then we'll get started with the discussion. Ian McEwan was born on June 21st, 1948, in Aldershot, Hampshire, England. As a child, his family lived in Singapore, Germany, and Libya, where his father, a major in the army, was stationed. His family returned to England when he was 12 years old. He graduated from Sussex University with a degree in English. He then became the very first student um, who attended the Master's in Creative Writing program at the University of East Anglia. This program is now uh, a well-known program, and its alumni includes the writers uh, Kazuo Ishigawa, Anne Enright, and Tracy Chevalier. Um, he's been married twice, and both marriages ended in divorce. When his first marriage, uh, with his first marriage, he was involved in a custody dispute involving their two teenage sons. His first wife fled to France with with the children after McEwen won sole custody. Eventually, both sons were returned to live with him. Also, in 2002, he discovered that he had an older brother who had been given up for adoption by his parents. His mother had had an affair with another man, and after her husband was killed in World War II, she married this man, who was Ian McEwen's father. Ian McEwen is a very prolific author who has written fiction, children's fiction, plays, short stories, and screenplays. Bard has uh, 13 of his books. He won the Man Brooker Prize for Amsterdam and has been nominated for this award six times. Several of his books have been made into movies, including Atonement, Enduring Love, The Cement Garden, and The Comfort of Strangers. Um, the book that we read for tonight, The Children's Act, was published in 2014. So why don't we go around and see what everybody thought of the book. And if you like, you can also tell us what you thought of uh, Judge Fiona May. And I'm going to release the key now. Well, I guess I'll start since nobody's jumping in here. I really liked this book. Um, I thought it was really interesting. It started out interesting right away when she had the case of the two Jewish girls and how they were being raised. It was sort of a modernity versus tradition situation, which is the same situation she was facing in her marriage. I did find, however, that I really didn't like Fiona that much as a person. She seemed so nice when she was with Adam in the hospital, but other than that, she just seemed, I don't know, like kind of shallow or something. Like I didn't really feel like I knew her maybe. I'm not sure what the problem was. So let's hear how everybody else liked it. I, I just wanted, we have a very nice turnout. I just wanted to welcome Carla and Randy and Alan, and I think I sp said Joni earlier. So welcome, everybody. And why don't you tell us what you thought of the book, and if you'd like, you can also tell us what you thought of uh, Judge Fiona May. I really like this book. Um, it took me a little while to really get into it, but I I really liked it. Um, the cases were interesting, um, but I have to agree with Sherry. I didn't care for Fiona much, and I really 
I think that was part of the problem initially because I just just right away it was just instant. I didn't like Fiona, and so I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this book. And then the further I got into it, the more I liked it, and it was. Like I said, it it was the case was interesting and it was thought provoking. I give this book a thumbs up. I thought it was a quick, easy read, and I got into it pretty quick. So that's it. Of course, I really like this book, um, and actually, when I knew the group was going to read it. Um, I read it over again. This is interesting to me because the first time I I listened to it in audio and the second time I read it in Braille and I can tell you that it I picked up things when I read it in Braille that I had missed altogether on audio. Don't ask me why. I, I don't know, but I did. And my comment about um, the judge was she was a very complicated character, I thought. And when Adam came into her life, that's when all of the problems about children and not having any of her own and all of this came came up. Otherwise, you know, she was a very competent, educated, dedicated judge. And of course, when her husband, <laughs> who I did like, even though Michelle didn't ask, um, straight out, you know, said, I'm, I'm going to have this last, this one big affair. I mean, that's where we saw her, her at her poorest, really, because it was such a shock to her. <clears throat> and she really had to then start evaluating her whole life. Well, it's so interesting hearing everybody's comments about Judge Fiona May, because I really liked her, actually. Um, I thought she was somebody who she had a really difficult job. I mean, I thought the book did a really good job of of telling us what it's like to be a high court judge and how difficult these these cases were. And, you know, she really had to keep herself together. I mean, these were really, really difficult kind of cases. And it's interesting that Jill mentioned that she liked her husband because I didn't like him at all. I mean, he came in and he was like saying you know that he he felt that he was due this uh you know this this uh affair or whatever and I, I don't know and then of course it didn't work out as as we all knew it wouldn't with this much younger woman so then he came home so i didn't really find him all that wonderful or sympathetic and i actually liked her i mean i thought she was just a controlled person um, and she had to be because this is a really really tough kind of a job to do and she was got all emotional all the time. Um, the one thing that I guess I, I wondered about was I think he made a point of of telling us like a couple of times that she didn't have children and she started thinking of Adam sort of like he was her own child sort of in a way. And I don't know that I really bought that. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if she did or didn't want to have children, but I don't think she necessarily thought of Adam as, as her child, but why don't we see what everybody else thought of, of the book? Uh, I, I liked it pretty good. I mean, I, I'm glad it wasn't longer than it was, so I, I, I did like the brevity of it. But, uh, I mean, it was well written, and uh, I, 
I didn't. I didn't much like the the judge either. I'm kind of with er, and with everybody else's uh, viewpoint there. And and I think it's. Uh, I mean, she was obviously a very good judge, and she had a real grasp of the law. And I, you know, I think she ruled fairly on the, the cases they presented. Uh, she just didn't. She just didn't really seem to have any passion when it came to. Uh, uh, you know, and I, I didn't condone what her husband wanted to do and stuff like that, but I could kind of see his point. Her, her the passion had just kind of gone out of uh, uh, out of her life and stuff. It seemed like I, I don't know, not just her marriage, but maybe just everything else too. And uh, and uh, I was afraid they were going. Uh, it was going to end up being like a Harold and Maul thing, which I've never seen, but I know a lot of people. I believe that's a movie that 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 was real popular for a while. That that a lot of uh, people seem to like because uh, it, it, but it's about a, a real young boy uh, that's involved with a much a much older woman so uh, uh, they kind of danced around that a little bit I thought but uh, uh, I mean it, it was tragic I mean it was it it, it uh, but yeah the, I enjoyed the book can you guys hear me yes Bob we can hear you why don't and why don't we let Bob go through, and also Ginny and Leela, I know, and Carla actually haven't had a chance to talk. So after Bob talks, we're going to let them go through, and Joni, too. Hi, this is Ginny. Um, I did like the book very much. Um, it was an interesting book, um, especially as I went through it the second time. I noticed all the contemporary topical issues that he brought up. I mean, many of them, you know, about how how much faith can we put in some of our institutions? I think he talked about terrorism. He talked about um, the judicial system. Some of the people that I think he mentioned uh, were not very caring. Um, of course, the institutions of marriage, you know. Um, it made me think about just how much faith do we put in things? Um, how independently should we think about things sometimes? And, um, you know, things may become unpredictable. As far as Fiona goes... Um, I, I had mixed feelings to her. I think she was a, a complicated character. I didn't really warm up to her, but I admired her tremendously. I, um, I think of her almost as a role model, how clear-headed she was, how compassionate she was. Um, and I think that um, it was also very interesting to me. A lot of books will gloss over workplace things, like someone's a judge. But what does that mean day to day? So for me, that was really interesting. I felt I was taken right to a place that was interesting to me. What, um, what, does, a, you know, what does a person in this position do? What are they dealing with? And we, you know, she had so much to deal with. Um, you know, marriages going uh, down, uh, children being mistreated, the Siamese twins. So um, the book was right in the middle of a lot of contemporary ethical issues. And with Fiona, um, I really thought that, I wouldn't necessarily warm up to her in person, okay? But I sympathized a lot with her, what she was going through with her husband. And um, I thought she was a very conscientious and caring person. Of course, I was very frustrated with um, the way she backed off from Adam. I think we all were. And um, so I, I really admired her. I felt there was one paragraph in there where I felt she was just a little bit elitist. She was talking about how she had just was just horrified by South London. But that's, that was a very honest thing to say. So I must say that I did admire her, but I didn't really warm up to her 
uh, that much. Okay, uh, Ruthann also is going to talk here, if it's okay. It was, don't let workmen in your house. My computer was had to be put together. Anyway, I think I read different books than you did, or I'm just dumber, okay? Um, I didn't like Fiona. Fiona wasn't putting out to Jack. Jack was getting the seven-year itch. I'm going to have an affair. Let's have a few drinks and chat about it. He was a jerk, too, okay, in my opinion. Fiona is a competent judge. No doubt about that. That she, I love the cases she had to review. Uh, the the people with the different cultures, the, uh, forgive me if I say it wrong, the Orthodox Jew and the more liberal Jew, the, uh, the man and wife, and how they were going to settle that with the girls, you know, the daughters. Um, Adam, she destroyed him. She took his faith. She made him, here's life. Oh, you know, gee. And she talks to him, and he has no one else to reach out to. His parents were joyful that he was going to live because they had done God's bidding, but yet he lived. You know, so they said, we're in the faith. But Adam at least was a man and said, I'm, I'm going away from this faith. There's got to be something better. He goes and walks through the rain. He's 17. He's a little crazy. We are at 17. And he goes to see the judge. She gives him a nice kiss and sends him off with her clerk. Get out of here. And, of course, he wanted to live with her and Jack, I assume. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying she should have done that. But she, she dropped him. She, he had no one else. And so I guess I, I didn't maybe help me to understand this book, that it's one of the great love stories ever written, because I just don't get it. I, I didn't like Fiona very much, like a competent judge. But, man, who'd want to marry her? Um, and and the Jack, uh, the concert was pretty good because she felt something is wrong, you know, and ran home and so forth. And the end of it was good when she finally told Jack the whole story. Ruthann, any thoughts? Not too much. I wasn't too fond of Jack. I, I thought that he was kind of a, you know, the way he handled things was, you know, you don't just usually go home and say to your wife, I'm just going to have a big last fling. And, yeah, I'm happy enough. And then she was angry with him because he came home too soon. She wanted to have more time alone. After she went to see um, Adam, she did, and she found he was home and was locked out. And uh, <clears throat> it, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I probably, I don't know if I'd read another book by this author again. Okay. Well, we have a very big gathering tonight. And I know Joni and Carla and Leela and Daniel haven't spoken yet. So after I talk, if you're not Joni, Leela, Carla, or Daniel, please take your hands off the control key and just let them go through. Um, and I'm just going to, I'm glad that Ruthann at least agrees with me that she didn't like Jack because I, I really didn't like him. I never took to him. And I, I guess I'm the only one who liked Fiona. Um, I, I, def, I felt for her. I really did. I thought she had a really difficult life. I don't think her husband was that wonderful. Um, I thought her job was really demanding. And um, she didn't seem to have any, like, female friends or close family. Um, she was handling a lot of things, I thought, kind of on her own. And I, I, I felt sorry for her. I, I really did. And um, I wondered what you all thought about her love of music, you know, if it gave you any insight into her character. So now we're going to hear from Joni, Carla, Leela, or Daniel, or all of them. Okay, well, this is Joni, and um, I liked the book. 
I have five more minutes to read. I've been reading most of the day and last night to try to get it read. Um, but I, I have basically finished it. I did not like Fiona very much. I thought um, I thought she was rather cold. Um, but she was so busy with her own life, she didn't think about their marriage and getting it together. But I couldn't stand Jack. The arrogance. And I was really annoyed with Fiona because she let him back in. She gave him the key. You know, I, I thought she should have... She wanted to be alone longer, so she should have. I know she had mixed feelings very much, but to let him right back in when he had treated her so awfully? Um, the whole Adam thing, it was... Well, when you work in different fields, like um, social work or when you're close to children and even a teenager, he, I think he fell in love with her. He wanted to go live with her because a child thinks if they go live with a person that they admire, um, and I think that he really was in love with her, um, a child thinks all their problems is, are going to be solved if they go and live with the object of their affection. And she was in a, between a rock and a hard place because she couldn't take them in, but she should have tried, I think, more to talk about it with him. And it, it's just really such a tra tragedy that he ended up thinking that she was Satan and that uh, and then the leukemia came back and nobody ever never nobody ever banked on that happening. Um, I liked the book. I thought it was okay. Um, but Jack, I was ready to kill him. I sort of liked Fiona. Now, this is Carla. Um, and I hate to say this, but um, part of it was some self-identification um, because, um, you know, here's a woman that, you know, she's just put everything into her career. And I think there was certain uh, a certain attachment with Adam. Um, now, I'm not saying that she was an angel or anything, but she had a very complicated life. And I think she had to keep some sort of a boundary. And um, sometimes... I think she could have done it in a more gentle way. I did not care for the ending of the book at all. I'm with, with you folks in a way that I think she shouldn't have given Jack the key. I couldn't stand Jack going out and, and being arrogant and cheating on her and everything. But the things that I could identify with, with Fiona was um, not having children. And I know I'm going through a period right now where I, I really have some regrets that I did not get married and have children. And um, that I'm having to content myself with loving other people's children. And sometimes it's very difficult for me. Um, I have this one senior German student that's is going to be gone next year who um, 
this is a, a teacher's uh, dream student. It's a, a student that wants to, to learn. And, Bob, I bet you haven't had many students that have said, that, hey, can I have more homework? You know? <laughs> I mean, that is rare, and he really means it. He wants to learn everything there is about German. And every time I tell him something about etymology, he goes, oh, like he's so enthusiastic. And there's this spark, and I can almost see that spark in in Adam and uh, you know he she did give him some hope and sort of let him on in a way and then just dropped him so that part of it I did not care for and as for her love of music that did sort of bring out the gentile sort of side of her um, that she wasn't just totally cold and unfeeling and all that and that's another thing that I can identify with and I also like that window into the courtroom. I also like the fact that the book was shorter. Some of the books we read are so long that I, there's just no way I can get them done in time in my busy life. But I was so glad for this, this short read. Well, it brings up another point. What did you guys think of, of Fiona's kissing Adam? Because I thought that it was totally out of character, and I, I kind of thought it was a flaw in the book. I expected her to not know how to deal with Adam wanting to come and live with her and maybe perhaps not handle it real well. But the kiss just seemed bizarre and and out of character and and didn't seem like it belonged in the book. And like Bob said, she really, I have to wonder if Adam refused treatment at the end because he felt rejected by her. And she was so nice to him in the hospital. All he really wanted was companionship and somebody to talk to. She could have handled it better had she been uh, better at such things. Well, um, I I thought the whole thing with Adam, the way it played out, was, was inappropriate, I guess. Um, she was a, a judge, and she shouldn't be having that kind of uh, contact with, with him during the case, after the case. And I, I thought she should have reported it, actually. Um, I, you know, way before they got into the thing where he, he kissed her. I think he was confused. I mean, he was a young man, and he he didn't know really what the heck he was looking for. He was, you know, in a, in a, a very closed community. He didn't really have much of, of an opportunity to, you know, to interact, obviously. And I thought it was just confusion on his part. But I thought she was the one who should have really handled it. Um, and another thing that I would love to hear people's opinions about is I, I personally don't think that 18 is old enough to make life-sustaining judgments for yourself. I, I would be more comfortable with 21 or I guess because I'm older, I'd be more comfortable with 25. And the thing that bothered me the most in this book was the fact that you could coerce somebody legally to have these medical treatments, but as soon as the day they turned 18, they could decide for themselves. And I wondered what what people thought about that as well. Yes, I, first of all, I did like the book. Excellent. I thought the author wrote a lot of legal fiction until I read the acknowledgments, and I can see with his double divorce situation where he got a lot of the family history and and stuff but i think that kiss was just just it didn't even fit she got way too close even at the hospital interview for a judge or whatever profession the social work even or thing like that when i was social worker you'd never quite 
get that that thing and then to dump the kid that that really was I was expecting this thing to blow up like she did at, at the end uh, that could have destroyed her whole career and uh, which uh, of course the, the author solved it by letting the kid die but uh, I, I like the story I like the judge uh, the guy was okay he was kind of a jerk but uh, uh, he made things well, he wasn't really a jerk <laughs> the way he handled that but uh, anyway I uh, I, I, I don't usually like family dramas, but I did like this. I like the legal part of it, too. Well, I'll, I'll only add two things. Number one, I said Jack was a jerk, too. I didn't like him, Michelle. I want to be clear. But secondly, that was, the, that was why I didn't like the book, the way Adam was treated, okay? I mean, yes, Fiona had her issues, and, but was a good judge. And study case law, that was really interesting, some of that stuff. And uh, very, very enjoyable, and she put it, but she went far beyond. I guess authors can do that. And then she kisses him, and she's more. You, Adam's a kid; he runs off into the rain. But she's oh, the kiss, oh, oh my gosh, gee, you know. I could see maybe her hugging him, maybe you know, and and wishing him well. But she she dropped him, he you know, and then calls Lorena. She had a feeling Lorena's taking care of her kids. That's a social worker. And she says, oh, he died a month ago. So obviously she wasn't that important. She was important to Adam's life, but the social worker didn't even tell her. Nobody told her. And they probably shouldn't. She made a ruling. They, you live with it, and Adam went on. But, but Adam, obviously, coming through the rain, he needed help. He was reaching out, and she wasn't there. Well, I hope you guys can hear me. Um, I actually like the book. I actually like the length of it, too. Um, I actually kind of... In the beginning, I did not like Fiona. But toward the middle and the end, I didn't like some of the things she did know, how she handled things, no. But I kind of felt like she was in a time in her life where everything was coming to a head. Because she, she was basically at a crossroads. Um, Jack was saying, oh, I want one big fling because you're not, you're not giving me what I need. But he also, if you guys remember, he also knew something was wrong. He said, you're, you're isolating yourself. You're not talking to me. And, um, but she didn't because everything was coming to... All of the cases, they were big. They weren't little tiny cases. They were huge. Um, like you said, there were marriage, there were children. And then in comes Adam at the most inopportune time. And I think it was really cool how she did go see him and how they played the violin and sang and, and you know, did the poetry. Um, I think when she got that first letter, if she had wrote him back... You know, maybe things would have turned out differently. And or she should have really reported him to that social worker. Really, that's what she should have done. So then when she um, ends up, when he ends up coming to um, wherever she was, and she kisses him, that was not cool. Um... It wasn't cool because 
she didn't really know what she felt for the kid anyway. She knew he was a kid. I don't think, I'm not buying the whole son deal either. I, I'm not. Cause, because if you remember, when she did kiss him, it said if Pauling hadn't come out, it could have gone further. And I was actually looking for it to do that and not liking that idea, of course. I really felt bad for Adam. Adam is the one I really felt bad for because he was torn between his parents and his faith and the whole blood transfusion deal. And and then he got to know this judge and he literally worshipped her almost, it seems. And her uh, Fiona's music, that's what really, I think, turned the tide for me. Because... When you're into music like she is, it's deep. It's very emotional, very deep. And even, I think what it is, is she didn't show her emotions for so long that she got to a point where, and you can do this, you can detach from everything. And so when she finally cried, that just, you know, opened the dam. And as for Jack, he was a jerk. But I understand her taking him back. They'd been married forever. And in her mind, she didn't know what she wanted. She wanted Jack. She didn't want Jack. She wanted, it's like, he loves me, he loves me not. And for her to take him back, I don't blame her. I don't. I don't blame her for giving him the key. I don't. Because honestly, it's probably something that I would do. I kind of agree. I, I don't hate Jack as much as the rest of you. I thought he behaved like a jerk. But on the other hand, she was... She didn't confide in him and talk to him. It wasn't just a sexual thing. She just didn't seem to have any intimacy with him in terms of just talking about stuff. And I think he screwed up, but I think she screwed up too. And so given that they both messed up, I didn't really mind them getting back together at the end. And I did think too that, again, I mean, she kissed Adam not like a son, so I didn't buy any of the son stuff either. She kissed him like an adult man, which was inappropriate and, again, I think a flaw in the book. It didn't just didn't fit with her character or poor Adam ended up being the one who paid the price. As Michelle said, I, I you know, have mixed feelings about people being able to decide their own fate medically, and he clearly was too immature to make that decision, and we don't know what state of mind he was at the end, but can't help thinking it. her influence and her rejection of him and treating him like that must have played a part. Well, I think this book, for for a very short book, actually took on a lot of really important issues. Um, she, you know, the author um, made a lot of good arguments, I thought, legally, um, about how, you know, in the, in, in the other cases with the Orthodox Jewish couple, and in this case, that you really had a very narrow view of the world if you grew up in that in that environment and you really only knew that view and so it was very hard to take you know a young person's view and say that they really understood the situation because that was the only view that they really had had exposure to um i personally was very surprised when judge fiona may went to visit adam in the hospital I really didn't think that that seemed appropriate to me. I thought that his ju- his uh, attorney should be there, but then I listened to a couple of podcasts, and apparently this was this this book was 
a lot based on a real-life case by a British high court judge that the author knows who did that. So that was that was permissible. And one of the other things, I don't know, I didn't really sense it, but Adam McEwen is an atheist. And I thought, I didn't really sense that he was pro-religion or against religion in this book. I thought it was... I, I guess to use the word fair and balanced, I thought he was trying really hard to show all the different points of view when when these cases involve religion and and they're brought into uh, court. And I wondered, you know, how you how you all felt about that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize he was an atheist. I, I thought he did a, a fair job in presenting both sides. Uh, well, I mean, most of what he was showing were the. Uh, uh, the various people in the various cases that that had strong religious viewpoints about stuff, and I, I, I didn't get the sense that he that he was poo pooing any of that, and that uh, he gave him he gave him the, uh, a fair word. I thought, uh, and I think that the the big problem with Fiona is what what happens if 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 you get caught up too much. When you're in a job like she's in, you got to really be able to compartmentalize feelings, and I think she had done so much of that trying to stay uh, separate from all those various issues she dealt with as, as a judge, that it, it, it kind of ended up just sucking, sucking away her own feelings and her own, her own relationship and stuff. And I think that's uh, – uh, she still had some feelings, obviously, because she, she let herself get uh, 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 enamored of the attention of, of Adam and stuff, so – I, I mean, I, I know that everybody's saying the kiss wasn't uh, didn't seem like it fit and stuff, but I mean, I, I, I don't know. I could see it happening with uh, with somebody, depending on how vulnerable they are and, and where they are in life and stuff, and and how uh, how the young man affects them and stuff. So uh, uh, I, I thought it was all fairly. I thought it was all pretty believable, but uh, uh, you know, my opinion. I think believable is exactly the word that I would not have thought of on my own, but, but that's the way I felt. I, I was attracted to this book because in a very short book, he really told us about a few people's extremely complicated lives. And we got a picture of them. Um, they were None of them were goody-two-shoes. But none of them were bad either, and and poor Adam was the one who suffered as a result. But that's life, and that's realism, and that's why I like the book. The kiss was supposed to be a kiss on the cheek, if you remember. And all of a sudden, it became a kiss on the lips, and he was... Suddenly, both of them were, were... pretty taken aback by it and then he ran but the thing with Adam was that his he was so innocent that he still belie- believed um, I think that when um, when the leukemia came back and also um, when Fiona wouldn't have anything to do with him I think he turned things around and thought that she was Satan and um, and so then it became a suicide because he was um, he was so enamored of her and he uh, he couldn't be with her and because he got the uh, the leukemia came back 
been she didn't keep her her word about oh if you have the transfusion everything's going to be all right because nobody bargained on the leukemia coming back yeah good points uh I, I thought the conjoined twins case was interesting too that she voted for life you know mark must live but it was it was interesting and i'll i will say the cases were good they were enjoy, you know they were good but uh i just i just felt i don't know that it's I guess anything's believable. Judges, teachers go to bed with students, so why can't a judge have a fling with Adam, although she with the boy? But she didn't quite do that. But she misled him. She was the adult. Her life was in his hands. He he was that vol- He was that vulnerable. And it's not that I, that it's unforgivable. The world's going to end. But I'm sure that would if in, if we're going to be believable, that would live with her to the end of her days. If we go into is it believable? Well, I agree with Jill. I think the author did an amazing job of fitting a lot of complexity in a short book. I mean, the legal stuff as well as the characters, and he did a good job with that. Um, the cases were interesting, all of them, and, yeah, I thought that, that he did an excellent job with that. Well, again, when I was listening to him talk, he was saying that he actually spent a lot of time reading legal decisions and he got really familiar with a lot of these kind of cases and I and I thought you could really sense that in the story I mean it, it's he, he presented these very very difficult cases very clearly that you could understand both sides of, of the issues um, and I, I, I thought he, he actually did a really good job and I'm just wondering after reading this book um, do you feel that you you know is this is this a job that you would like to have to be a judge and, and decide cases like this? Because I, I thought he really showed you how difficult um, and and how you know you it, it would be very hard to detach. I think it was interesting at the end of the book how Fiona called the social worker and then she found out what had happened to Adam. Um, so you see that you get really involved in these cases, and then when the after the decision is made, you really don't know what happens to to the children afterwards. Even in this case, where she had an involvement, you know, she really she just kind of found out by accident. No, I I, I wouldn't want to have to make those kind of decisions. Uh, 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 I wouldn't be good at it, and it, uh, it's it's a it's a very tough. Uh, burden to carry i think uh and i, and I think she probably did would have had to have lived with that the rest of her life bob because uh, i mean let's face it she just dropped the ball i mean really i mean uh she i, I had a hard time understanding uh, uh, you know they they made us think she had some feelings for this kid and i, I didn't really understand why she ignored his letters and stuff i mean she could have she could have replied and and been adult about it and you know sent him on his way and he wouldn't have showed up in newcastle probably and then in the end he wouldn't have killed himself i i suspect if she had if she had just handled it differently so uh yeah i think she, i think she probably uh if she were a real person she would be uh uh, uh never forgetting uh her shortcomings in the whole thing i think in terms of the letters she didn't go far enough I don't think she should have replied to them 
because I think that would have just stirred things up more for Adam. I think though that she should have reported that to the social worker. She should not have ignored them. But I really don't think she should have replied to them. They were a cry for help, but it was it wasn't something that she should have done directly. Um, when I was in high school, I used to think that I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I wanted to be a judge. I was going to take that route, but I changed my mind, decided that wasn't for me. I didn't want to be involved in all that, and instead I got into social work, and that was that was hard enough. There were too many times I had to make decisions that were difficult and sometimes life or death a lot of times life or death situations came up and you know it, it was that was hard enough I would not have wanted to be a judge but I don't think she should have replied to his letters because that would have just in the end I think that that might have created more problems but if she had reported it to the social worker or someone else someone who really could help Adam and address the issues, things might have been better in the end. Oh, I think you're right, uh, Randy, but it, that's yeah. the thread that makes the book interesting. Adam was the thread. What's going to happen to him? You know, of course he should have reported to the social worker. He needed therapy or some real help here with moving forward in his life. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. I would not be a judge. I mean, uh, you have bad judges, like in The Verdict, Paul Newman and uh, Al Pacino and Justice for All are two we used to show in Law for Youth that I taught. They were bad judges. They didn't care. Fiona was good. I, I will say that. That was the most likable part of her, that she was a great career woman. Music, I want to comment. Adam loved poetry and music. I'm not, you know, I think maybe she could have mentored him in some way. You know, he, he needed someone to read his poetry and to talk to him. And, uh, you know, she was going to get closer, which normally judges don't do. Uh, that would have been a way, one way to go, I guess. But I think they had to have him as the, the lightning rod, you know, in the book. I thought that um, she should not answer the letters easier either because that would only uh, draw out something that she was only supposed to be the legal judge she wasn't supposed to be personally involved in that and when she cut Jack off in the end I thought that that was the right thing to do first she thought of the inappropriateness as of his he will worship of her and her inappropriateness of her feelings for the kiss and nothing could be done but a quick and decisive decision. Well, you know, when we first started reading the book and they were talking about um, the case with the two daughters of the religious Jewish family and then the case with the conjoined Siamese twins, I was wondering 
why are we going into all these cases, you know? But I think it was actually really helpful because I think if you, he had just gone into the case with Adam, I, I think it actually helped in this case to have some background of some other cases that she decided. I found it hard to believe that one judge would get so many of these high-profile cases. It seemed like they'd be sent, you know, dispersed amongst different judges, but I guess, I guess that, it, that it's possible. Um, and in terms of their marriage, um, I guess because she was sort of like a, um, you know, she wasn't a real emotional person. It wasn't like her husband was going to come home and, 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 you know, explain that he now wants to have an open marriage and she was going to start screaming at him and, and they were going to get into a big argument and, and whatever. So um, I think what Leela was saying was right. You know, they've been married a really long time, so it's not surprising that they came back together. But I also think it was her personality too because I think you could be married to somebody a long time. And I, I know I'm married a long time. And, you know, if my husband came home and made that announcement, I don't think I would have taken it quite as, as uh, you know, not non-emotionally as, as Fiona did. So um, I thought some of it was their, their length of the marriage, but I thought some of it was, was they had like, I guess what you'd call a civilized kind of a marriage or something. Um, and, and it wasn't, you know, a real um, a, an emotional thing, although we never really found out what their early days of marriage was like, I don't think. So maybe over the years, it, you know, it, it evolved into something different. Yeah, I did think while I was reading that I might have liked Fiona as a younger woman better than as a judge. Um, another thing, too, is that judges don't get the same kind of training that social workers and psychologists do. I mean, I used to work in that field, too, and you get the training of not being involved with clients and stuff. And I don't think judges get that. So she probably, you know, it, it, she didn't know how to deal with it effectively. One line that was late in the book that I thought really captured her personality is near the end. It said something to the effect of Fiona was overcome with grief. She grabbed her shoes and headed for the bedroom. And I'm thinking, grabbed her shoes? If you're overcome with grief, you stop and grab your shoes? I, that, to me defined her personality in a big way. And I also wanted to mention, we didn't mention earlier, but Jill was the one that recommended this book, and I did want to thank her for that because it's been a good discussion of it. Um, well, first, I, I, I just wanted to ask Daniel. Um, you haven't made any comments yet, so if you'd like to make a comment, please feel free. And, um, and again, I'm just wondering, because this really struck me in the book, and maybe I'm the only one that it struck, but I just didn't understand why 18 was the magic age. You know, I guess when you're 18, you're considered an adult. You know, you can serve in the military, and you can get married, and you can vote. So I guess at that point, you could also make... Uh, you know, these life-saving treatments for yourself, but it's such a complicated case that it really bothered me so much that, you know, when you're 17, you'd be forced to have these treatments, and then the day you turn 18, if you need a transfusion or something, you can just say, no, I don't want to have it. And I don't know, I guess it's my age, but the older I get, 18 just seems so young to me. So um, I don't know, that was, that was like my biggest impression with this book when I finished reading it. Yeah, 18 is a magic age. You can rent an apartment, you can open a bank account, you can do a lot of things when you're 18. It really surprised me um, when my daughter uh, went to Alabama that their magic age was 19. So she goes over to Wells Fargo to open up a bank account. Oh, yeah, everything's great. You know, she's talking to them on the phone. How old are you? 
18. Oh, sorry, we can't, we can't help you open a bank account here. If you lived in Tennessee, or um, I don't remember, they mentioned one other state that was close by. Yeah, we could help you out, Mississippi maybe. But uh, here, no, you have to be 19 in order to do those things. I didn't read this book. I didn't have time, um, but I was interested in your discussion of it, so that's why I'm here. Yeah, I mean, 18 is, is the age of majority in, 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 in most places, obviously not Alabama, uh, but uh, yeah, it certainly is in Tennessee. I, I think it is in Mississippi, too, where I am now. But uh, uh, but but no, yeah, I mean, there's certainly nothing magical about turning 18. It's just you have to pick a point in time, and that, that's the date that they've settled on. Uh, uh, no, I think... Uh, 18 is is it gets younger every year uh, obviously as we all age uh but uh, but i think i think it's taking kids longer to mature these days now that could just be because i'm i'm an old fogey at this point but uh uh I, that's certainly my impression because uh that, that they don't seem to be uh growing up as quickly and uh uh the, yeah, m- m- most of them really aren't prepared at that age to make decisions, life and death decisions. Eighteen is beginning to seem a little young to you. I'm beginning to think that sixty feels pretty young. Well, I agree with you guys. I think it should be more like twenty-one or twenty-five. Actually, um, I have to say this: I'm following the James Home trials and if you guys don't know what that is sorry it's a colorado thing but it's big and i can't help but wonder how she would handle i mean she's had so many fiona had so many big cases i cannot help but wonder how she would have dealt with this case you know with the defense and the prosecution and um stuff like that because this judge that is doing his case is very fair, very thorough. I really like him, but and, and that's the only reason I brought up the topic because she's a judge. Well, um, when I was growing up, <clears throat> uh, the age of majority was twenty-one, but in some places, I lived in New Jersey um, and in Staten Island and in New York, the drinking age was eighteen. So the kids. Uh, that were 18 would go over to New York and and drink and get themselves pie-eyed and then come back to New Jersey. And then the voting age got to be 18, and um, I was frustrated because I couldn't vote. I wanted to vote for JFK, and I couldn't because I wasn't going to be 21 till December, and the election was in November. But I also agree with the person that said, um, I think that 60 is pretty young now, too. Yeah, the same thing happened in Texas, where the drinking age, I, I must have been 15 or so, and it was still 18. And my sister had a boyfriend that was 18, so my cousin wanted him to go and get beer for them because they weren't old enough to, to buy it either. They could drink it, but they couldn't buy it. And um, then I think it went to 19. And by the time I came here, I was 19, and the, I think the day I came to Houston was the, the night before they had changed the drinking age to 21. And I met this guy that worked in a bar, and he said, you would never seen anything like it at midnight. We had to clear out all the 19-year-olds. 
Yeah, we used to have that situation between Illinois and Wisconsin, too. Wisconsin had an 18 drinking age and Illinois 21, and the problem was people would go to Wisconsin and then drive home drunk. So it's nice that I think it's 18 in every state now, so it's at least nice that it's uniform. And I suppose it's pretty hard to justify sending someone to war and not letting them drink alcohol. Um, but did anyone else have any comments on this book, or do we want to start talking about the next one? You know, I, it's so funny. I thought the drinking age was 21. <laughs> so I remember I, I grew up in New York, and when I grew up, you could drink in New York when you were 18, like Joni was saying. And I actually thought the drinking age now was 21, but I I, I, I thought it was nationally 21, but maybe it's been changed. Um, I am going to just mention our next book. Um, it's called The Secrets of Mary Bowser, B-O-W-S-E-R. The author is Lois Levine, L-E-V-E-E-N. The DB number is 80053. Um, it's read by Martha Harmon Pardee, who I'm sure we're all familiar with. Um, it's a historical fiction book. Uh, I'll just read the description because it, it pretty much sums up the story. I, I read the book, and I think it's it's really, really uh, terrific. Um, Mary Bowser was a real-life person, but there wasn't that much known about her. Um, so the woman who wrote the book is a historian. She did a lot of research, and when you read the book, you'll, you'll see all the research that came in. But it's also, it, it crosses a lot of genres. It, it's a family book. It's an adventure story. It's historical fiction. It has romance. So whatever you like, you will find it. Um, I'm going to just read the bar description because it's actually pretty good. Um, fictional account of life of Mary Bowser, born into slavery in Virginia. She is emancipated um, and sent to Philadelphia for an education. But she returns to Virginia to care for her father because her father was still a slave. She and her mother were emancipated. And she became a spy in the Confederate White House of Jefferson Davis. Um, and it was a very, very, very good book. I really liked it. It's called The Secrets of Mary Bowser, Lois Levine, L-E-V-E-E-N, DB80053. And yes, it is significantly longer. I know some of you are not going to be thrilled with that one. It's 15 hours and 9 minutes. So I understand if, if you're too busy and you're, you're not able to read such a, you know, that length of a book. Um, but um, anyway, I'll release the key now. <laughs> 